0: to the Grace Cafe with Dwayne Lynch real talk in real times real situations with real people keeping the perspective on God's grace oh. Oh. Talk. It's ups and downs To turn your pretty face to an ugly frown Seems that when I fix one thing Another one comes Clouding up my vision But I can feel the sun I believe that I can do this that I can win just as long as I have His love within. I believe that I can make it Grace Perspective. It's an urge.
1: Truth be told, every champion has felt it. Every president has felt it. Every king has felt it. Every lion has felt it. Every winner has felt it. Every soldier has felt it. Every victorious person has felt it. The urge to quit. Don't you give up on your dream. I don't care if you don't have the money, you don't have the help, and you don't have the family for it, and you don't have the background for it, and you don't have the friends for it. Don't you give up on your drink. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. It may take you twice as long. You may have to take courses and classes. You might not read as fast. You might not move as quick. You might not have as much. But don't you. It. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. You do make a difference. You do make a difference. You do make a difference. As weak as you are, as tired as you are, as many mistakes as you made, you do make a difference. There is something they would lose if you were not there. There was something that they would miss if you were not there. You do make a difference. You do make a a difference. You do make a difference. Keep hopping. It's for people that are trying to hop their way back home. Come hell or high water doing the best they can with what they got. That's that's who we are. Doing the best we can with what we got. And we may not break any ribbons and we may not get any trophies, but if we can learn how to hang on in there, we'll be alright. I will not lie to you. I feel like going on but I have seen days I did not want to get out of the bed, didn't want to put on clothes, and didn't even feel like brushing my teeth. I've seen days so dark that I just wanted to keep driving and I didn't even care where I ended up or what you called me. They came and they passed and they came to pass. I kept the faith. I kept it. I lost a lot of stuff. I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of strength. I lost a lot of courage. I lost a lot of time. I lost a lot of money. But I kept down on my knees. I was still believing. Broke, I was believing. Lonely, I was believing. Betrayed, I was. If you lose a job, keep the faith. If you lose a spouse, keep the faith. If you bury your child, keep the faith. If you have to downsize, keep the faith. If you have to move in with your mama, keep the faith. If you're at your wits' end, keep the faith. If you have to catch a bus, keep the faith. If you have to thumb, keep the faith. If you get sick, keep the faith. If you lose your kidneys, keep the faith. If you got heart trouble, keep the faith. You might not get a new heart, but you gotta keep your faith.
2: What's up family, welcome back to the Grace Cafe, where we talk about real stuff in real times, real situations with real people, but keeping the perspective on God's grace. Thank you for gracing my show with your presence. I pray, I appreciate it. But before I go any further, I want to uh, wish all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. I hope you have a bless and 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 enjoy. Your Mother's Day. Um, Today's show is part two of our Grace in a Broken System. And today, I really want to talk to you guys about about how grace works in a broken system and how it applies to broken systems. But before I dive into that, I want to you know, share a two you know, a couple of scriptures as points of reference of where I'm going today. And the first one is Isaiah five, twenty, and twenty-one. And it's this is what it Isaiah five and 20, 20 and twenty-one says. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. Now before I go on, um, because I read all the time, sometimes words jump out at me. And in this scripture, the word prudent jumped out at me, and I thought I knew what it meant. But... Once I um, looked it up, I realized I didn't have a full understanding of it. So I'm going to give you a full understanding of what the word prudent means. And the word prudent means acting with or showing care and thought for the future. So in this scripture, it's actually saying, Woe to them that are wise from their own perspective and prudent in their own sight, prudent meaning that they're acting or acting with or showing care and thought for the future from their own perspective, right, from, from their own mindset, which might, which might not necessarily be right depending on the person. So Second Timothy three one through five says this and says know this also that in the last days perilous times will come, for men shall be lovers of them of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unruly, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontentment, fierce, Despisers of those who that are good traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away now um, with those two scriptures being being read I want to Take your mind back to a few months ago a month or, well a month or two ago when in our american history our sitting sitting president was acquitted of any wrongdoing in impeachment hearings <laughs> excuse me um the the morning after. Um, the president was acquitted There was a prayer breakfast and this this prayer breakfast is called a national prayer breakfast and a lot of people because of Everything that's going on a lot of people did not uh, really focus on it or play too much into it, but that next morning there was a national prayer breakfast in which the president decided that he wanted to stand up and with newspapers that had the word acquitted across written in bold letters across newspapers and he stood up and he showed these before he spoke he showed these newspapers that said he was acquitted the next thing he began to do was to go on the people. Now, I'm saying go on the people, but most of the people that he was going on were actually in the room. And he was going... He he proceeded to go on people that had, had a hand in the impeachment hearings. Right? And then he went on to state that he... You know, with the impeachment hearings, he had been through hell. Right? He then began with God, you know, ragging on people who... He said, claim to pray for him. Now, um, the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders and those that are in authority. And, you know, I I mean, people may think that because someone is doing uh, things that you don't necessarily agree with, that you're not supposed to pray for them. But, you know, we're supposed to pray for our leaders in the event that they're not thinking clearly or not thinking godly. And so this, um, the prayer isn't just to protect the person. The prayer is to protect us. And so in addition to, you know, ragging on people that claim to pray for him he also used scripture to push his point now my problem with the whole thing is with the whole prayer breakfast thing is is that our president and those that support him um, they saw the acquittal as a victory and they saw the acquittal as a victory as though he had done nothing wrong Right. And in reality, what actually happened was they just refused to convict him, knowing he had done and he was doing things that just just wasn't right. And so it's like they I mean. A blind eye was turned to simple right and wrong. When it was clear that things were wrong. It's clear that things are still wrong, right? But the only thing that was accomplished in those impeachment hearings was this. The impeachment hearings gave us a clear understanding that this country's moral compass is way off track. Our government's moral standing is so corrupt and so degraded that it's, it's easy for them, you know, knowing this is wrong or that is wrong or this is not supposed to happen or that is not supposed to happen. It's, it's easy for them to simply, you know, make it make wrong right and right wrong. You know, and, and and I think that's 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 just a it's a bad thing. And if we fast forward to now with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, we have shutdowns, we have people out of work and you know, the thing about that is is that the government is handling it and has been handling it totally wrong and in them handling it wrong people are panicking people are not taking it serious people are angry people are depressed and we have all these different kind of feelings in the world and you know and it's because a a stance has been taken where as though you, I mean, we are taking wrong and making it right, and taking right and making it wrong. And so, in that, you know, the system is actually broken because people's perception is broken. The perception in this country, if we will be honest about it, the perception in this country. People's perception in this country is skewed and if our government perception is skewed and we you know and it's been happening for centuries that's the thing it's been happening for centuries um, and what I think is that the way we see situations and circumstances can make a, a huge difference in our lives. You know, Proverbs 4, 7 tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Now, it's been said that you can't, you can't do better until you know better. But I I just think that a lot of people know better, but if it doesn't, Fit their style of living, or whatever the case may be, then people just bypass simple right and wrong. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I sit back and I watch things that happen, I, um, and I've done enough wrong to know, you know, between know the difference between wrong and right, and I can't, I can't actually believe that people that are older than me or that are um, that are more supposedly more advanced than me can just turn a black, blind eye to right and wrong and it's being shown every day and um the thing is is that what I've learned. Is that what I've learned over the past few years is that understanding the grace of God and the finished works of Jesus Christ is key to living a better life to living a new life and it's been said that if you can change your thinking you can change your life and you know um Matthew Matthew 6 tells us this it said but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you and in my opinion seeking the kingdom is actually seeking God's grace that's what seeking the kingdom is seeking God's that it is seeking God's grace and seeking the kingdom is a process of renewing the mind and then once you renew your mind to new information, it's a process of walking in that new, in that renewed mindset. Romans 12, 2 tells us, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And what is this, um, Scripture telling us is is that the way the world is going, we have an option to either go that way or go God's way. And it's telling us that the only way that we can, you know, head in the right direction is to renew our minds. I had to, you know, um, over these past few years, I had to unlearn some stuff. And then relearn some stuff. And then even in the past, you know, I want to say seven years, I've had to unlearn some stuff. And relearn some stuff. It's the same thing in in recovery or, or whatever the case may be. You have to unlearn stuff that you've done your whole life. And then relearn it. You got to renew your mind. You got to renew your... Rebuild. You got to tear down what you knew. And build it with what you know. You know, I've been... You know, through... Oh, man. I've been through mad phases trying to... Just trying to figure this thing out. And it wasn't until... I had a full understanding of the grace of God and the finished works of Jesus Christ that a a light just went off in my heart and in my mind. And it opened the door to the possibilities of living this life. It just, it just, just, I mean, it was like I could, I could see how I was actually supposed, because I mean, I was, you know, I was far enough. I was going far left, far enough left that I needed to go right, but I didn't know what I needed to do to go right. You see what I'm saying? And what I, um, what i realized over the Over the past few years, is that living this life we have to live it supernaturally? And see, a lot of people, you know, that this is where I'm gonna lose a lot of people because you know, I mean, if we can't see it, then nine times out of 10, we really don't believe it. And, excuse me. We really don't believe it. And what I'm learning is, or what I've learned is that in order to access a supernatural life, you know what it takes? It takes an unshakable faith. This is what Romans 5, 1 and 2 tells us in the NIV. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. what What is this. What this scripture is telling us. Is that. We're looking for. Miracles and things like that. To happen in our lives. But we don't have any faith in it. We're looking for. Things to happen. In our lives and. What I've come to understand is that if we don't have an understanding that everything that we will ever need has already already been taken care of, then there's no way for us to enter into the things that God has already prepared for us. 2,000 years ago, he took care of everything we will ever need, and we and, and it takes a firm belief in that to say, okay, I'm in this situation. I'm in that situation. But God already took care of this. He took care of this 2,000 years ago. He took care of my job 2,000 years ago. He took care of my health 2,000 years ago. He took care of my finances 2,000 years ago. He took care of my broken relationship two thousand years ago, and then walked in that, regardless of what's going on in the world, and and you know regardless of what's going on on in the world, it's easy, very easy, to um receive bad information. It's so much propaganda going out these days. It's easy. To receive bad information. But. It it should be even easier. To walk in. You know. What God has already done. Once we gain access. Into this. Once we have. Uh, okay. Once we have gained access. Into this grace through faith. The way to apply it. Is to walk in it regardless doesn't matter what's going on we are to walk in it regardless and that's what you call crazy faith crazy faith is something that you can't see you know my mother's um my mother and she's been my mother's been gone since 2002 I want to say Yeah, 2002. But my mother's favorite scripture was 2 Corinthians 5-7. And 2 Corinthians 5-7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And the thing about that scripture is that it wasn't until the past few years that I truly understood what that meant. Hebrews 11 1 reads now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see it is our faith our strong belief in Jesus Christ and the finished works that helps us to walk supernaturally in this world Ephesians 2.8 tells us. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. Through an unshakable. A strong belief. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. This is a gift. This faith was, was. The opportunity. To have faith. in what Jesus has already done. It was a gift. It was a gift that he left here for us. Hebrews um, Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is, and that he m- believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Another translation says. He rewards those who diligently seek him. And if you, you know, break the word diligently down, what you got to look at is that diligently means constantly, ongoingly, regardless of what's going on. This is what I believe. I believe in the finished works of Jesus Christ. My faith is in the finished works of Jesus Christ. It's already done. So I don't have to worry about it. It's done. In reality, we access and apply the grace of God through the faith we have in Jesus. Faith is how we work around the world's, the world's present system. This broken system. This broken system that no one wants to uh, admit. Is broken. We think that if we have a good job, we have a house or cars or that everything is is all gravy, but it's deeper than that. It's way deeper than that. It's so much you know it's, it's just so much going on in the world that it's easy to, you know, put your faith in the wrong thing. It's easy. It's easy to put your faith in people. It's easy to put your faith in government because this is what you can see. But the key to this thing is putting your faith in what you cannot see. I've never seen, I've never seen God. You know what I've seen? I've seen the manifestations of God. Because I believe that he would, that he could, that he would do it for me because he loved me. That's the only reason I stand where I stand today. Because I believe that he loves me. And I believe that he's already taken care of everything that I need. Mark five twenty-one through 43. Let's talk about Jairus right now. And Jairus, and you can go and study this yourself. But Jairus had ran into Jesus at a time when his daughter was sick. And he wanted Jesus to come or go with him. To heal his daughter, and what happened was, um, the people, you know, it was it was like a ton of people out there that day, and really they were like, you know, don't bother them you know, your sister, your your, I mean, your daughter, is, you know, I think they might have told him that his daughter was getting ready to die, but Jairus believed and something, and so that his he used his faith. He used his faith because of what he knew. He heard something, and so he went for it. And when you know Jesus looked at the situation, when he asked him to go to come and heal his daughter, and he, this is what he told him. He said, "Don't be afraid." He said only believe but only believe what only believe what only believe that he would do this for you if you can only believe that he can that he will that he has done this for you whether it be healing deliverance I don't care what it is it's a done deal if you can believe that it's a done deal and so what actually happened was Jairus believed he left in belief and on his way home somebody met him and told him that his daughter was well and he he asked the question about what time What time did she get better? And they gave him a time, and he instantly knew that at the point that Jesus had told him, only believe, and he left and only believed, that that's when his daughter was healed. In the same stretch of scripture, the same thing happened. Oh my God trash people out here Um, in the same stretch of scripture the same thing happened with the woman with the issue of blood she knew something she heard something and because of what she heard her faith told her I might not be able to get to him because I'm not even supposed to be out here I have an issue of blood and it's against the law for me to even be out here among all these people. But her, her heart. And her mind told her. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. I'd be healed. And she did. She reached out. In faith. And touched the hem of his garment. And she was healed. And Jesus felt that power go out of him. And what he said what he said was who touched me and the disciples they were trying to be smart like man you see all these people out here how you gonna ask us who touched you he said I know that power left me went out of me I felt it and what was that power that power was the woman with the issue of blood's faith it was her faith Faith. faith is power. It was f- her faith that, that triggered her healing. And both of them heard and believed, and that's how they received their miracles. That's how they received their blessing, because they heard, and then they believed. They heard, and then they believed the thing about it is is what you hear you have to be very very careful what you hear the word says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God faith cometh by hearing the word of God faith cometh by hearing a word from God That's how faith is built. They had faith in what they heard. And it was that simple. They had faith in what they heard. And they were healed. They were delivered. Mark 11.22 tells us this. It says to have faith in God. Another translation says, have the God kind of faith. And what that actually means, the same faith that Jesus had, that God has. God can have that faith because he knows what he's done. He knows what he has given us. He knows who he is. And we have to know who we are. And have that same kind of faith. The same kind of faith. The faith, the kind of faith that says, I'm, I'm not looking at what's going on. What I'm looking at is what God has already done. What He's already done. That's what I'm looking at. With everything that's going on in the world right now, it's easier for people to believe. That God is mad at them. And that everything that's going on is a result of the punishment for his anger. It's easy for people to say stuff like that. And it's hard for people to receive that God has no more anger to pour out on anyone. He poured it out on his son. So if he poured it out on his son then we're putting ourselves in a catch-22 because he's not mad at us, which means that there's something else going on in the world other than the judgment of God. And that's the grace of God. He's not mad at anyone. He's not punishing anyone. The stuff that's going on in the world has nothing to do. You know, I mean, it has everything. It has nothing to do with God. If you can believe that. It has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with us. Why does it have everything to do with us? Because the things that are happening in the world. If we can believe. That. God has put us in a position. To. Walk through this stuff, not around it, but through this stuff, and then not touch us, while the world is 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 walking through famine, people of God should be walking through Goshen, and if we can believe i mean it's it's kind of like it's kind of like um uh somebody gets sick and you tell them that you sick you're sick because you haven't prayed enough you haven't studied enough you ain't fasted long enough when sickness is a finished work it's a done deal so as opposed to believing that God already took care of this sickness 2,000 years ago. It's easy for people to say that God is punishing people for this or for that than to say, only believe. Only believe. For years and decades and centuries, Christians and religious You know, leaders have passed this kind of thinking off as the reason for wars and famine and pandemics and all sort of evil. They pass this off as God being angry with us. When stuff like this happens, they say God is angry with us. believing these things is simply the wrong kind of faith. It's belief in the wrong information. It's fear. And the enemy needs fear for certain things to happen. He needs you to be afraid of being sick, of be afraid of being broke be afraid of being hurt be afraid of the things that are going on in this world he wants you to, that's that's his um that's his mechanism to get into you if he can get you in fear and this is exactly why I don't watch the news because if you watch the news nine times out of ten what you hear on the news is depressing, excuse me, it's depressing, it's fearful, and so I just don't, uh, it, it's been years since I've watched the news, and so everything that I hear is, is secondhand information for me. It comes from, you know, someone else, and I hear it, but then I don't hear it. Because i just got to believe that I'm here because God wants me here. Because God loves me. And that everything that I need. And I can walk forward. I can walk forward. The God kind of faith raises raises up a, uh, or causes you to, to rest. It causes you to be at peace regardless of outside circumstances or what's going on in the world. Hebrews 11.9 says this, tells us that there is a rest for the people of God. And what does that mean? That I can rest knowing that God has, is, is taking care of me. I can rest in the fact that it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy that God is taking care of me. And it's it's easy to get off in a fear-based mindset. It's easy because of everything that's going on in the world. It's very easy. But that rest. That I'm talking about, that rest is, and I can, and you can, and you can apply this to your own life. I rest when everything, when I know that everything is taken care of. And so, the rest that I'm talking about is the unshakable faith that I'm talking about. People don't understand how, you know. How I'm here why I'm here people had me dead at 18 people had me locked up for the rest of my life but at some point what he did was he he just turned the whole thing around that's not what he died for he didn't die for me to die in the streets early. He didn't die and bleed. He didn't bleed and die for me to go to jail for the rest of my life and never have a have a way to impact this world. He didn't die for me, for me to, you know, not have a family. Not have, you know, not live. A good life. He didn't die for that. He died so that I could have everything that he provided for me. You know, and I'll I'll close with this. When this whole thing, this whole uh shutdown pandemic thing started, I talk I, I, I talked to my pastor and through the overall conversation, what we ended up realizing or understanding is that we weren't worried. We weren't worried. And it wasn't about whether or not we still were working. It wasn't about, um, you know, worrying about where the money was going to come from or whatever the case may be. but she said it and I said it too that I'm just not worried I'm not bothered by this it looks bad and in reality it is bad but not for us and I'm just 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 you know just for me to be here doing this podcast I had to I had to grow in faith to do this because I didn't think I would wanted to do it but I'm here I didn't think I wanted to do it until God said it's time but you know I, I needed to know time for what it's time to tell people about Jesus and that's the purpose of this podcast I want to thank you guys for stopping through And we will see you next time on the Grace Cafe. Peace.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Grace Cafe. Join us next week for the Grace Cafe. God bless. Searching now I found out what means Life is worth Not in the books that I find no. But by searching my mind I don't condemn, I don't convert This is a calling, have you heard? Folks. Cause no one's gonna